Well, hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us. It is great to have you with us today. And we are looking forward to continuing our series, Who Do We Think We Are? <laughs> I, I love that phrase because so often we're saying it about someone else. You know, who do they think they are? But we are the church, and that's good news. And we have a leader named Jesus Christ, and it's his church. And the last couple of weeks, we've been in the book of Acts. Pastors Jeff and Dick Foth, we have taken you to a place called Ephesus. And Paul is writing this letter back to these people who love him, and he certainly loves them, and there's a great relationship here. And it's a reminder. The whole letter is kind of a reminder of who God is in Ephesus. And so I'm not going to go on and on about Ephesus because you've seen pictures, you've, you've heard them talk about where it is on the map and all of that. So hopefully you're caught up. If you haven't watched those messages, please go back and watch them. Today we're specifically talking about how blessed we are to be in Christ. And I'm going to actually take you to the first chapter and over these next few weeks, we're going to look at the book of Ephesians, written to the church in Ephesus. We're going to look at each chapter uh, each week as we go through. So hopefully you can read ahead a little bit, follow along. But I suppose today the main thrust that, that I want to present is the power of our words. The power of our words. Chapter 1 in this book called Ephesians, has some really powerful words in it. And Paul is, is writing this letter to encourage the people there, to affirm them. And he uses words kind of in like God language. He says, God says this about you. God feels this way about you. By the way, you are in Christ. You are blessing God, by who you are, by your actions, your behavior. And so he, he takes a lot of liberties with his word and his words in talking to this church in Ephesus. How important are our words? It, it just, it's just a simple question, but I think, I think sometimes I underestimate the power of my words. You know, you can, you can change someone's day by one sentence either really make it better or really make it worse. You can really impact people just by what you say. I was thinking about this. By, it's not just what I say, but it's how I say it. It's also why I say it. And it might be to whom I say it. <laughs> because all of these things matter. I, I, I think even... Um, in one of our services here at Timberline, we have for years now had interpretation for the deaf. And it's been fantastic to watch the expressions of people who know sign language and the way that they sign and they use their hands. Why is there such a thing as sign language? Because words are necessary. Whether it's by signing with your hands or reading someone's lips or actually hearing 
the words. Our words matter a lot. Words move us. We, we watch what are called the great speeches of all time. And I could, I could say quotes from some of those speeches and you would know. It would take you to maybe when you first heard that. We've heard presidents say things. We've heard people who were fighting for a cause say things that, that move us, that changes us. Words, words can empower us. Words can also depress us. Words can anger us. I saw a situation just the other day in a parking lot that kind of kind of took me back, surprised me. Someone said something that they they were angry about because of a parking space that someone was waiting for. And anyway, words just about turned into a fight. <laughs> I was like, this is not good. All because of words and what we say. So I'm going to talk to you about words. And I have sort of four or five things that I want to talk about from Ephesians 1. And I'm going to read some of this passage. And we're going to just hopefully hear it with our hearts and not just our minds. Number one in your outline, if you're following along, these are words of welcome. Verses 1 and 2 in uh, the outline that you have are, are simply Paul saying, Hi, everybody. You know, how you doing? What's up? But listen to what he says and how he frames it. This is the very first and second verse of Ephesians chapter 1. He says, This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I am writing, now listen to this, to God's holy people in Ephesus. I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus. Have you ever been called holy? <laughs> That's a compliment. Hopefully it was true. But he meant it. And then he says, these holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I can't think of two better words to welcome someone with, then grace and peace be with you. Those words are needed in our culture especially. You know, for years we, we have been talking about this little phrase that, that many people are saying it now, and I think it's a, a very important phrase. When you walk into a room, does your attitude say, here I am, or does it say, there you are. See, words of welcome say, there you are. Words of welcome and a personality that recognizes there you are, they're not just living for themselves. Paul was affirming and, and encouraging the people in Ephesus by calling them the holy people of God who are faithfully following Jesus there you are. I see you. I see you. Ever seen a child pull dad's face around or mom's face around? Look at me. Uh, you know, look in my eyes. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen parents definitely do that with their kids. Hey, hey, look at me for a minute. <laughs> Why? Because we need to be seen and we need to be heard. And people need to be heard. We're in a culture where everybody's talking, but no one is listening. 
Your words of welcome matter. Will you be a welcoming person? The second thing is words of reflection. And what Paul does here is he transitions to reminiscing about these people and about God. Listen listen to what he says. This is in verse 3 of Ephesians 1. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Now look at this. Even before he made the world, God loved us, and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Boy, that's pretty good news. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. What is Paul doing here? He's reflecting. He's simply reminding them of who God is and what God thinks about them. Can I just tell you, God thinks you're pretty awesome. You might be saying, well, I'm not. If you knew me, if God really knew me, he wouldn't feel that way. Guess what? He really does know you. You can hide from other people, but God really knows you, and he still loves you. That's That's amazing to me. He knows everything about me and still loves me. I just don't really know anyone else like that. But Paul is reflecting on the goodness of God. It's because he's God and he can do that. As human beings, I'm not sure we're capable even of doing that. How how do people, how do they see you when they look back on your time together? Just, Just an example. Who have you recently been with and what would you say about your time with them? Your boss, your family, a son, a daughter, a parent. I love to reflect on meetings that I have with people that have encouraged me. They've blessed me. They've they've touched me. That's what Paul is doing here. He's saying, hey, God really has a lot of good thoughts about you. Because, you know, your self-talk will control and set your future. What you believe about you really, really matters. So you need to hear this today. Paul isn't just saying this to the church in Ephesus. He's saying it to you. He's saying it to me. God chose us. Before he created the world, he chose us. We were destined to be his kids. That's a loving God. So reflect on that. If you're having a tough day, a tough week, a tough month, maybe a tough life, reflect on the fact that somebody loves you more than you love yourself. And his name is God. That's good news. So reflect on that. Don't just think of the bad stuff. Reflect on the good. And that's what Paul is reminding. Before he tells them a bunch of stuff, before he addresses any issues, he's just reminding them that God sure does love them. That's a good reminder. I have a, I have a, uh, we have grandkids. We're about to have another one. Matter of fact, it was supposed to happen last week and we were there and the baby didn't come. 
Still hasn't come. But the baby will come. And they don't know if it's a boy or a girl. But one of my granddaughters is old enough to remember some of the names that I call her. And uh, the other day, she told her mother, she's two years old, her name is Fiona. And she looked into her mother's eyes and she talks about Pops, that's me. And she said <laughs> to her mom, Mom, sometimes Pops calls me sugar. And I do, and I hadn't really thought of it that much, like, hey, sugar, how you doing? <laughs> she was reflecting on my words that were just coming out of my heart. I wasn't intentional about them. It was just a message from my heart to her. But she remembered them. I pray today you will reflect on this passage for you, that God loves you, he knows your name, and he knows what you're going through right now. Bless you. That's what God says today. Bless you. Number three, words of blessing. You know, you, you have these words of welcome from Paul. You have these reflective comments, and now you have this blessing. In verse 11, Paul does this thing of, of blessing over the church, over the people in Ephesus. Let me, let me read it. And this is in verse 11. There's a whole bunch of verses here that do this, but let me start. Let me just read this one. Furthermore, this is after a long list of stuff. Because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. He makes everything work out according to his plan. Really? Well, maybe sometimes I don't like his plan because <laughs> sometimes things don't work out like I want them to work out. However, God has a reason and a purpose for everything. Even if you mess up, I, there's no doubt in my mind that you can walk out of the plan of God. I believe in free will. I believe you have a free will. You can choose to walk out in the street and get hit by a car if you want to, and that's not God's plan for you. So you can walk out of his plan. But no matter what you do, he has a plan for that situation for you to come back to the path that he has designed for you. No matter what decision, how bad it was, no matter what you've done, the sins you've committed, no matter what your attitude has been, God has a path for you to step on in order to walk in the blessing of God. There is such a thing as blessing. I don't understand it. I don't know why, but there are passages in Scripture sometimes that say, like Nehemiah, for instance, in the Old Testament. Remember Nehemiah? He went to build the walls of Jerusalem, and it says he had God's favor when he talked to the king. Esther is a great example, and she had the favor of the Lord upon her. You know, these, these types of things. I don't know what that is, but I know this. We can choose to accept that favor, that blessing. Many people resist it. Many people don't want to live blessed because they don't feel that they've earned it or deserve it, and they haven't earned it. I've, I've earned nothing that should cause me to experience the blessing of God. It's by grace that I am saved. It's by grace that I have his blessing. Receive it. 
You only have that choice. You can receive it or reject it. Be blessed in the name of Jesus. That's what Paul is saying. What does it actually mean to live in the blessing of God? I don't know for sure. I just know that I want, I want to live in that blessing. And God wants me to live in it as well. And let's bless one another. Let's rejoice with those who rejoice. Let's be in sorrow with those who are going through sorrowful times. Number four, we move to words of affirmation. Now, all of these have been affirming words, but there's something specific that Paul does here that I want to bring to your attention. It's in verse 15. Listen to what it says. It says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord, Jesus, and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. How do you pray for someone constantly? Well, Paul did it because he was impressed with who they were. He's simply giving them affirmation. Can I just remind us how important affirmation is? If you're raising kids right now, affirm them. Take the time to say good job. Take the time to look into their eyes and affirm who they are, not based on whether they're happy or sad or mad or glad or any of that, just based on the fact that you love them just the way they are. God loves you, whether you're angry or joyful. God loves you. Affirm your children. Let's be affirming as adults. You know, the church should constantly be affirming one another. When I look at what we've had last year in 2020 and all the challenges even of this year and COVID and the things to come, I'm worried that the church isn't giving enough affirming words to brothers and sisters in Christ. Instead, they let different viewpoints create angst and anger and frustration, and it comes out with words that are unkind and even unfair. You do have the right for your opinion. I do have the right to my opinion. But I want to affirm you in the Lord Jesus. It doesn't mean we agree on everything. Let's be affirming as adults. Let's affirm our friends. Let's affirm our other family members. How do I do that? I think it's by being willful and being ready to watch for those moments. Paul just simply is writing a letter and he's saying, I sure love you guys. You're awesome in God's eyes. I want to affirm this. I pray for you constantly. You're on my mind. Maybe it's just a note or a text saying, I'm thinking of you today. That's affirmation. That's letting someone know that you value them. Number five. And lastly, and then I want to do some application, but number five is words of comfort. Boy, do we need that in this day and age that we live in. Words of comfort. I'm going to read verses 21, 22, and 23, and I want you to think about this. Now God is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Not only this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head of all things over everything for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. We're his hands. We're his feet. It is made full and complete by Christ 
who fills all things everywhere with himself. Man, when I think of that, I find great comfort. You know what that tells me? It tells me that I don't have to live with anxiety. It tells me that God really is in control. You say, well, I don't know what's going to happen. No, you don't. God does. He's not nervous. He's not worried. You can find comfort in that. His blessing is upon you. So I don't need to worry and I don't need to fix everything. As a matter of fact, I don't need to fix anything. I need to rest in the knowledge that God is good and His greatness goes over all of the earth and I can trust that. Am I anxious? Why? If you're anxious, it's because you don't have the trust that God deserves. You don't have that trust in Him at the level that calms you. When I let anxiety run in my life, in my mind, my imagination, it gets away from me, I can't even catch up to it. Sometimes I just need to stop, take a deep breath and say, God knows. You guys, that's not a cliche. God does know and he does care and he knows what your today holds and he knows what your tomorrow holds. Trust him. Be anxious for nothing. God has a plan for your life. Will I trust him? Will I receive this comfort? You know, sometimes it's hard to receive comforting words from someone when we're troubled. You know, calm down, it's okay. No, it isn't okay. I don't want to calm down. This is important. I get that. But what good is it going to do if you have no trust in God? Faith, just a little faith, goes a long ways in trusting God. So I'm going to leave you with some questions. There are three questions that I'm going to ask you about your words. Make this personal, all right? Make this really personal. Number one, are they true? Are your words true? Our culture allows us to lie about so many things. Email, texting, identity. You know, the identity theft is such a huge thing. Why? Because people need to be someone else to get money or to rip them off or to do whatever. Are my words true? Can you count on the fact that I'm telling you the truth no matter what? I'm not saying be unkind. You can be truthful and be kind, even if it's bad news. Even if you're bringing correction to someone's life, you can be truthful and be kind. But it's imperative that we tell the truth in our culture. We don't always know the truth, but what we do know, let's make sure and speak the truth with our words. The second question, are they helpful? Are your words helpful? Not all words are helpful. Have <laughs> you ever been in a tense situation and, and someone tries to offer a, a word and you just don't receive it? It's like, don't talk to me right now. I get that. We waste words too often. I want my words to be helpful or I don't think I want to speak them. And that's really the last point, the last question. Are they necessary? Are your words necessary? Now, I don't want to just have you run off and never talk again <laughs> in your life. But I do think 
I know I'm weighing my words more often. When is it good to just have a healthy silence and just give somebody a hug? Just look them in the eye, let them know you care about them. Say something little that's affirming and don't try to fix them. Don't try to give them your plan. Don't give them all your ideas for them or their life. Why don't you just love them and help them work it out? And if they ask your opinion, great. Are your words necessary? I want my words to be necessary in people's lives because I don't want to waste them. Paul's words, 2,000 years later in Ephesians chapter 1, read the whole chapter. It will bless you. It will affirm you. It will encourage you. It will strengthen you. Those are the kind of words that are memorable. Yeah, 2,000 years, memorable. I think it's worth saying, if you can encourage the heart of a lost soul. Use your words wisely. I want to wrap up by having you say some words after me. Before we pray, I'm going to say, may my words, and then you're going to say what comes on the screen. I will say both parts for now but you say the second part with me. May my words, now say this with me, be words of welcome. May my words be words that reflect your kindness and goodness. May my words be words of blessing over others. May my words be words of affirmation to others. And may my words be words of comfort that heal and encourage. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for Paul's words. I thank you for the fact that he's listening to you. He's connected to this group of people in Ephesus and he's serving them by his gracious heart and his kindness and the letter that he writes to them. I pray that we as a church will be a church that listens and connects and serves. May I be a person, may everyone listening to this today become a person that better listens, connects, and serves. Thank you for this chapter one in the book of Ephesians. Thank you for these people in this amazing city called Ephesus. May we learn from them to be more like you. Lord, if anyone's separated from you today, I pray right now in this moment that they would pray that prayer that says, Lord, forgive me of my sins, cleanse me. I wanna come under your rule and leadership. And by faith, may they accept your rule in their life. We love you today. Spend us this week as we use words to make a difference in other people's lives. We give it all to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Love you. Hey, let love live as we listen, connect, and serve. Have a great day. Bye-bye.